Welcome to Regarding Transatlantic, a podcast brought to you by 1014 in New York City. In this podcast series, we want to learn more about the connections between America and Europe today. We will hear the personal experiences of people from both sides of the Atlantic. How has this relationship changed and what does that mean for our common future in a globalized world? Today, I want to take a transatlantic perspective on studying and living both in the US and in Germany. I met Silvia from Berlin, who told me about her research stay in New York, and also Lucien, a passionate traveler from the south of Germany who studied in New Orleans, as well as Elissa, a US citizen currently working at a German university here in the country's capital. In their short stories, they're taking us on a journey through their university experience, their most striking memories of living on the other side, and what our transatlantic relationship means to them. Hi, I'm Alyssa. I am from Boston, Massachusetts, and now live in Berlin, Germany. I work at the Free University of Berlin in the Center for European Integration, and I have been living in Berlin for a total of about five or six years now. Uh, I spent a year in London in between, and I also spent half a year in the middle of Germany in Thuringen in a small city called Eisenach. I've traveled to the US quite a bit, traveled for five months in the car after graduating high school and had the pleasure of once again buying a car and driving it around because I was studying in New Orleans, Louisiana. I lived in Bedford Stuyvesant, I can never pronounce that, bed <laughs> in 2012. And then I went back to New York for a month in 2014 to prepare then my research stay in 2015 and 2016. And in 2014, I lived in Washington Heights. And in 2015 to 2016, I lived in West Harlem. My family history definitely played a large role in why I went to Berlin to study abroad to begin with. Um, my grandfather was German. My grandmother was French. They immigrated to the States after World War II. My parents also lived for several years in Germany during the end of the Cold War. And so this family history sort of fueled my own interest in a transatlantic adventure. And uh, so that was why I originally went to study, but I stayed. I'm working as a research associate and essentially as a project manager on an EU-funded project looking at the EU's foreign policy towards the neighborhood. I myself focus on EU and NATO strategies for security sector reform in Ukraine. I was officially a guest researcher, but did take part in events organized by the Institute for Religion, Law and Lawyers work at Fordham University. So most of the events I attended had to do with my research area, which is Jewish law. Okay, so over and above adapting to a new environment, I asked each one of them if they had a key moment which they remember when they arrived at the university abroad. It was quite in the beginning, talking with a professor. I feel like he, he appreciated my interest for international security and things outside of only study. Talking about German tornado planes being sent to Syria. He just looked at me startled and it's like, the US military does not rely on anyone and especially not on German planes from the 80s. That really punched that message home to me. I think for them it was intriguing to see that a non-Jewish woman was interested in Jewish law. So I had fascinating exchanges with some of the most interesting rabbis, but also mostly secular Jewish intellectuals. And when I asked them about the biggest difference between a university in the United States and in Germany, this is what both Elissa and Silvia from Humboldt University in Berlin had to say. 
Comparing the German and American university systems somewhat feels like comparing apples and oranges because the German university system is just fueled by so much less tuition money paid by students. Coming from Humboldt University, which isn't a, a campus university at all, to me the most impressive thing was the first time I went into the Fordham campus, which is in the middle of the Bronx, but it's kind of an enchanted uh, door that you walk through because once you are on campus you're in this green field with houses and a library and you live in your little academic bubble. That's really lacking in the German system. It feels a bit more like every man for himself and it's definitely not as user-friendly. Um, half the battle seems to be just surviving the bureaucracy in order to get your degree but therefore it is way more accessible for every person and not just the privileged few who can afford to pay over $200,000 for an education or be in debt for the rest of their life. And then I wanted to know from each one of them what struck you most about your new host country on the other side of the Atlantic. There are many things that I love about the US, um, just in terms of what you can reach by focusing on your education, getting scholarships, networking, that's really great. Well, German students on campus, they're there every semester and they're just part of hundreds of, or thousands of other international students. But nobody's going to come up, oh, you're from Germany, that's cool, tell me something about Germany. It's like, like, you're cool, but people don't especially care about the fact that you're from Germany. Like, people appreciate Germany as a country in the US. It's not quite Scandinavia, but it's Germany. Like, things work there. <laughs> At least that's what people think that talk to me. And I was blown away by the directness and the honesty of the people. There was very little time for small talk or very little was said that wasn't meant. And hand in hand was that was just a level of respect. I felt very respected as a woman. I think it was the first time I ever really witnessed gender equality in my life. I think in Germany, when you study, you are mostly, especially in law, you're mostly taught to present your opinion as a more general opinion. And you might want to do this. You never really straight say what, what you're opinion is. New York really got that out of my system. You have 30 seconds to talk to someone and they want to figure out in those 30 seconds who you are, what you're working on and why you are working on that. I'm grateful for the experience of living in Berlin and having gotten to live in London but one of the most challenging stimulating times of my life was living this half year in Eisenach in former East Germany because the experience of both the young and the older people there was one that I had no pretext for and no common understanding of and from that experience I learned more about views completely different to my own. I lived at 142nd Street and to me coming back to Harlem always felt like a breath of fresh air. The public library in Harlem is an amazing social experience that because it does serve the entire neighborhood and if I ever get a million dollars or something I would donate it to a public library system after seeing that. When I first came to Germany I think I could have been hired as a spokesperson for the country because I just thought it was a paradise. I couldn't get over how affordable it was, how good the healthcare system was. I kept on checking that they weren't charging me something extra at the doctors and no they never were. Like there's no other country that I lived in or I've seen where it's possible, where it's so easily possible to just pack your things, put them in the back of a car, drive for 20 hours to a new coast, to a new state, to a new city and start a new life there. People just have a level of initiative that is unfound in Germany. But of course there must have been challenges too. So I asked each one of them, what did you find difficult? What did you miss? 
in New York was the first time where I really experienced different social groups talking about different neighborhoods in a way that they were scared of each other. The first time I got hurt in New York, I fell on the pavement. I didn't really know what to do. And just this feeling of, I can't just go to the doctor because that might be a thousand dollars that I have to pay. Many people who have like no security at all with student debt, with medical bills, with the health insurance. Like if people fall, they fall. And I remember when I fell that five or six people just ran towards me, gathered up my groceries, helped me, checked if I was okay. And my neighborhood came together to help me. Germany is by no means perfect. The grass is always greener on the other side. After a few years, you miss chit-chat between strangers and maybe even a little bit of extra friendliness just because. And this is something that is normal in America, but you don't find in Berlin at least. And finally, I was wondering, how did you perceive the political culture and the discourse in the society where you now lived? How did that make you reflect your own identity, both national and personal? So it was roughly around the 4th of July, so maybe the patriotism was even a bit stronger than expected. So I have this memory of Fifth Avenue just being lined with American flags and being quite impressed by that, especially given my own German background. So this whole display of national pride was something I learned from the Americans, basically, and I, I didn't really know how to handle that because you are always defined by where you are from in the US context, you kind of need to reflect on, so where are, am I from? And as a bicultural person, it's always a bit difficult to explain. So at the end, my elevator pitch was just, I'm a European. The, your average German young person seems to be so knowledgeable about politics and world affairs. I was posited so many questions about American politics and society that I had never even bothered to ask myself and it really forced me to challenge myself and to define my own views and opinions and that was something that I found very exciting. Germans are not aware of the level of tension, personal ethnic tension that exists in the US. Like they might have heard it but they're not aware of the scale, the power of that. Germans are just not aware of how crazy U.S. politics is on the state level and the local level. And they might know it, they might have heard it, but they're not aware of how bloody U.S. history is and how recent it has been that way. Trump might be special, but he's not that extraordinary for American politics. And what I also learned in that context is that maybe we disagree politically, but that doesn't mean we have to disagree personally. Um, that doesn't mean that you can't get along with people and enjoy their company and you have to sort of learn to agree to disagree at some point. Reaching out to other cultures is critical because it forces you to not only articulate your beliefs but to defend them and the process of doing that is just learning that maybe some things that you've been told your whole life aren't the whole truth. Maybe there are some merits to other systems and maybe things could be done in another way, which is stuff you can very much incorporate into your own political activism in your home country. And so I think dealing with another culture is in fact the quickest way to actually get to know your own country and in fact to get to know your, yourself and what you believe. And so the principle of seminars abroad or trips abroad are just critical more now than ever. As for transatlantic relations, I mean, the US is, is just so very close to all Germans, especially young Germans. We, we all command a basic knowledge of English language. 
And we've seen so many movies, so much culture, music, it's all so close. That every German knows what the Grand Canyon looks like, where it is, what Las Vegas is, how Times Square looks like. We often forget that there is an element of lost in translation when we talk to each other and just experiencing each other's culture to actually understand what the other person is saying. The work to actually explain it to each other. I've been doing this for five, six years with my supervisor, who is an Orthodox rabbi from New York that comes to guest lecture here in Berlin every year. And every year I try to translate German urban culture or Berlin urban culture to him and uh, at the same time try to understand where his worries and fears might come from. There's a lot of potential for cultural misunderstanding on, on such low levels or on, on not world politics levels. So I can only imagine how that scales up when you go higher. I think that living abroad changes you in an almost 360 kind of way where you come in and you're very yourself and maybe yourself is associated with many of your country's traits, like very outgoing, bubbly, friendly, and in the process of integrating yourself into a country like Germany, where it's a bit more, let's say on a stereotypical level, serious, um, you can kind of lose yourself. And it is important that you come to understand a society. But in the process of that, you shouldn't come to think that who you are is less than just because it is not fitting in with the norm. So I think it can be a full journey to kind of come through that and realize that you can keep who you are and still respect a society and integrate yourself. And perhaps the fact that you stand out because you are American and you are loud and you are a little too friendly, perhaps that's exactly why your German friends like you. And as our conversations came to an end much too early, I still had so many questions, but we can't do it all at once. So feel free to join us in the next episode in our podcast series. Regarding Transatlantic is brought to you by 1014 in New York City. We invite people from all different backgrounds and from both sides of the Atlantic to address global topics of mutual interest. My name is Thomas Tragut, and if you like this podcast, sign up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.